Thank you, y'all are awesome. 9 a.m., y'all are gonna have an extra treasure on your crown when you get to heaven. The faithful 9 a.m.ers here early for church. That's awesome. Well, first of all, I wanna start by saying thank you for letting me share with y'all this morning. And, uh, and I want to honor our campus pastor, Ben Hoare and Emma, and our lead pastors, Rob and Becca, for believing in young communicators and giving us this opportunity. So can we give it up for our leaders this morning? They are awesome. I don't know if you know this, but every campus is doing this. Every service has a different communicator. It's super awesome. It's my favorite weekend of the year that, that our leadership believes in us and gives us these opportunities. Um, so for those of you who don't know me, my name is Brittany, as Pastor Ben already said. A little bit about me. I'm from South Mississippi. I'm from the coast. Um, and my family is still there. My parents, my sister, her husband and my little nephew, Jude, he is so cute. I miss them so much. Um, but yeah, I was your typical, what you would call church kid. My pawpaw, yes, pawpaw, I'm from the South, so that's how we said it. He was the pastor my whole life. He founded the church. And then my dad was the worship pastor for 13 years, so most of my life growing up. He's part of the reason that I got into worship ministry in the first place. But, you know, as a typical good pastor's kid, I was running around, getting in trouble, falling asleep on the pews, thinking I own that place. Um, I don't know how many of y'all have ever heard of this little class. Um, our denomination uh, has Missionettes and Royal Rangers. Has anybody ever heard of that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wolf's back there raising his hand. <laughs> but basically, it's Boys and Girl Scouts for church. That's what I would think of it as. And every Wednesday, I was the kid who was always getting put in the corner for sassing back to the teacher, being bad. And um, my mom always said, you'd be the perfect kid if it wasn't for that mouth. Um, I don't know why I'm not sassy at all, right? I mean, <laughs> my friends are like, yeah, right. <laughs> they call it Southern sass. That's what I got going on here. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like I got, I got saved at a pretty young age, so I feel like I was always a Christian, always lived for the Lord, and that was always a little bit of a struggle for me growing up, feeling like I didn't have a testimony, and I didn't have some crazy story that God had saved me from. But if you're in this room and you grew up in church feeling like you didn't have a testimony, that is your testimony, and it took me a long time to realize that, that my testimony and your testimony is that God saved you and protected you from what could have been a very different life. Um, so I'm super thankful for that. But even though I became a Christian at a young age, I still had such a bad attitude towards church. When I was about 14, we hired a youth pastor. Um, his name was Carl. And uh, he would always call me out on this. He said, you're sitting on the front row just looking mad, arms crossed, scowl on your face. Um, and so he called me out on it. And I remember going to my dad saying, I hate Carl, because he was calling me out. I mean, who likes to be called out? Um, but he was right. I had to come into my faith on my own. And that came when I was about, like I said, 14, 15. At that point, I started going to church because I wanted to, not because I had to. Um, I started playing the drums, actually. So music, for me, started on drums. <laughs> Bjorn's laughing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I wasn't super good or anything, but I could keep a beat, whatever. Um, small town church in South Mississippi, you know. <laughs> but yeah, so music started there for me. I started leading worship, playing guitar, and um, the rest is kind of history. Once I graduated high school, I went to college in Mobile, Alabama for music and worship leading. 
And while I was there, I met a couple of people who were getting hired at River Valley, which the timing of that is crazy. It was my last year of college. Um, I was with a friend of mine who knew someone at the Starbucks, and it turned out to be um, Pastor Alan Pastine, who's our Woodbury campus pastor. Um, at that time, he was over our internship and our uh, youth and all of the Next Generation ministries. So I ended up meeting him at a Starbucks, loved him. I uh, knew another one of the campus pastors. So basically, I just followed them up here once I graduated college in 2011. So I've been here for eight years, which is crazy. And uh, this is my third campus that I've worked at. Um, I was at the Minnetrista campus first, and after that, I was in Faribault. And that was very Minnesotan. <laughs> Faribault. <laughs> Faribault. <laughs> and then now I'm with y'all, so I love it. I love the Minneapolis campus. Y'all have a great team here. I'm super thankful for that. Um, literally never thought I would be preaching on a weekend, so this is a little bit crazy. Um, it's one of the biggest fears of my life, speaking in front of people. My, my other biggest fear is riding any kind of ride at a theme park. I went to Valley Fair last year with all of our worship staff. Literally, what's the big one called? Um, the green one? Wild Thing. These people convinced me, Evan John... <laughs> He's our worship leader at the Shakopee campus. He told me, it's smooth. It's not that fast. You're not going to get jerked around very much. The whole time I'm like this, leaned all the way back. And I yelled at him from behind. I said, you lied. And then I get off. This is last year. I'm like having a panic attack. So I will never again ride a roller coaster. That was my first and only time. Not even the baby ones. I'm not doing it. (laughs) So yeah, I've been here eight years. Throughout those eight years, God has taught me a ton about what it means to be faithful and what it means to serve where he has planted you. There were plenty of times throughout that eight years where I questioned God's timing on my life, his call on my life, because things weren't happening when I thought they should be happening. But God had a plan. He knew the timing. His timing was right. And I'm super thankful that things didn't happen in my timing because I might not be here with y'all right now. And I love it. So I'm super thankful for that. Today, we're going to continue talking about um, our Kingdom Culture series. We're on week three. Um, If you weren't here for the first two weeks, we learned um, that disciples are passionately committed to Jesus and that they have extraordinary love for people. And today, we're going to talk about how a disciple has the heart of a servant. And there is no better example of a servant than Jesus. So if you have your Bibles or your iPhone, your version, um, turn to Philippians 2, 1 through 9. We're going to spend most of our time here. It's going to be on the screen as well. I'm going to be reading mostly from the Passion Translation. I just love how um, that one is written. But before we get started, I'm just going to pray really quick. So just bow your heads with me. God, right now we come before you. We thank you that you're in this room right now, that you're speaking to hearts. I pray that we would be open to hear from you, to what you want to say to us, Lord. Have your way in us, we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Well, Philippians 2.1 says, look at how much encouragement you found in your relationship with the anointed one. You were filled to overflowing with his comforting love. You have experienced a deepening friendship with the Holy Spirit and have felt his tender affection and mercy. So my first point today is a servant has a relationship with Jesus and a friendship with the Holy Spirit. I'm starting here because I think it's pretty difficult to have a true biblical definition of what a servant, of a servant heart 
if you aren't in relationship with Jesus and you aren't letting the Holy Spirit work through you, everything stems out of these two things. Um, We see in the Gospels that Jesus walked in step with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit descended like a dove on Jesus when he was baptized. The Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness when he was going to be tempted before he started his ministry. And all throughout Jesus's ministry, we see the Holy Spirit's power at work when Jesus healed people, set people free, when he raised the dead. So Jesus walked in step with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit should be our guide and our helper in every area of our lives and in our efforts to serve and love others. Philippians 2.2. So I'm asking you, my friends, that you be joined together in perfect unity with one heart, one passion, and united in one love. Walk together with one harmonious purpose and you will fill my heart with unbounded joy. Point number two this morning, a servant finds motivation in the mission. Jesus was focused on his mission. And what was his mission? That was to come and to be be the savior of the world for you and for me. And he did that. Everything that Jesus did was to serve his mission. Matthew 20, 28 says, for even the son of man did not come expecting to be served by everyone, but to serve everyone and to give his life in exchange for the salvation of many. This morning, what is your mission? What is the thing that God has put you on this earth to do? He wants to use you for his purposes. Are you allowing him to do that? Or right now, are you thinking and automatically discounting yourself, thinking I don't have this gift or that ability, I can't do this or that? Even if you don't feel that you have a purpose this morning, we all have a purpose in um, the mission that God has given us to worship him with our lives and to go and make disciples. After Jesus was raised from the dead, he spent time with his disciples. Um, And then before he went back into heaven, he told them, he said, go into all the world and make disciples. And that wasn't just for those men at that time. It's for you and it's for me right now. Um, to go and make disciples. How are you serving that mission? How are you giving God everything that you are? How are you worshiping God with your life? And I'm not talking about just worship on Sunday mornings like we we call it. And this is um, an act of worship, corporate worship, but worship is a lifestyle. It's how you live your life. So how are you serving God with your life? Um, Every interaction and every moment could be given to, to worship God. When you're living your life fully devoted to God as an act of worship, you'll be an example to those who don't know God. So be authentic, love and serve people with authentic love. How can you show people the love of God? The people that are in your circle, that, that's your family, your friends, the boss that you don't like, the coworkers who might drive you crazy, or the random person at Starbucks. How are you showing the love of God to them? We can serve the mission of our lives by showing love to these people. So we can't be so focused on our needs and what we need um, so much that we aren't focused and we don't see the needs of those around us. Billy Graham says, we hurt people by being too busy, too busy to notice their needs, too busy to drop that note of comfort or encouragement or assurance of love, too busy to listen when someone needs to talk, too busy to care. 
And it doesn't always have to be something crazy or this elaborate big thing. It can, but loving people and serving people can be as simple as buying coffee for someone or letting someone go before you in line or something like that. Telling people you love them, serving your, your family members by um, cleaning the kitchen, cleaning up after yourself. It can be as simple as that or as simple as just intentionally listening to those who are speaking to you. And it's also in honoring others. Do you speak well of other people when they got the job or the promotion that you thought you deserved or when they didn't say the right thing to you in the right moment? We need to honor everyone. Um, I'm speaking to myself in this. This is really a hard thing to do. It's easy to get caught up in what others are saying and just talk about people. Um, I was listening to, I don't know if you know him, Michael Todd. He's the lead pastor. I love him. He's the lead pastor of Transformation Church. And they have this little chant that they do. Um, I don't know if I'm going to actually sing it like they do, but it's not really. It's like, okay, it goes, we honor up, we honor down. We honor all the way around. All right, sing it. We honor up, we honor down. We honor all the way around. <laughs> yes, awesome. <laughs> I just love that because it's just a simple reminder to honor those above, below, and all around you. Serving is all about preferring others above yourself. Also, how can you serve the mission of your church? Our mission at River Valley is to lead people into an authentic, life-changing relationship with Jesus. So how can you do that? Um, in Pastor Rob's book, Fix It, he talks about three different ways that you can serve. And there's one in the general way, the gathered way, and then the gifted way. The general way, one way that you can do that is, we already talked about it in our announcement videos and in announcements, and that's Serve Your City coming up this weekend on Saturday. We have a ton of places that you can get involved. This is an easy way to start. So go ahead out, out in the lobby. It's as simple as just signing up out in the lobby or um, on the website. In the gathered way, that is in life teams. So if you're not already in a life team, I encourage you to go ahead and get plugged in. Um, it's the best way to start off if you're looking for community or friendship. Join a life team. Um, the people that serve in our cafe, host team, greeters, every serve team that we have, their whole purpose is to love people and to show the love of Jesus and to serve people in that way. And it's important because when people feel loved, I believe that their hearts are open to receive what God has to speak to them. Um, yeah, so join a life team. There's a need for you. If you don't know where to get involved, ask one of us. And then there's the gifted way. And that is what has God uniquely gifted you to do? Use your gift set. If you're good at technical things, maybe you should join production. Um, if you're a good singer or musician, I mean, I would love for you to join worship team. So come talk to me after this service. <laughs> um, if you're good dancing, I'm sure Katie can find a place for you. <laughs> Art. There's, I mean, there's so many different things. And if you think your gift doesn't fit, come and talk to one of us and we can find a place for you. Um, I just want to shout out someone who I believe has just such a great heart of a servant. And that's Chris Sletto. He's right over there. He's the best. He serves on production almost every single week, even when he's not scheduled. And when he is serving, he has the best attitude. He's always building others up, giving his all. And in production, sometimes it can 
things can go a little bit crazy because you're working with technical things. And when there's issues, Chris is never mad or overwhelmed. He's always just lighthearted, encouraging others. And when he's leading the team, I love this, he prays with them and reminds them of why they're there. And I just love that. And I think that, that we should all strive to have that kind of a heart of a servant. Yeah, Chris. All right, Philippians 2, 3 through 5. It says, be free from pride-filled opinions, for they will only harm your cherished unity. Don't allow self-promotion to hide in your hearts. But in authentic humility, put others first and view others as more important than yourselves. Abandon every display of selfishness. Possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of your own interests. And consider the example that Jesus, the anointed one, has set before us. I love this line. Let his mindset become your motivation. Number three, a servant is authentically humble. First Peter 5.5 5 says, in every relationship, each of you must wrap around yourselves the apron of a humble servant because God resists you when you are proud, but multiplies grace and favor when you are humble. Jesus fully personified humility. From the moment that he came to this earth to the moment that he left, he represented humility for us. Literally, even Jesus' birth was such humble beginnings. Um, Jesus is God. He could have come to earth any way that he wanted. He could have come riding on the clouds, angels surrounding him, horns blowing off, shouting, here I am, king of kings, here to take my place on my throne. But he didn't. He came as a baby born in a manger. And which means that, that means he's basically born in a barn. I never knew what the word manger meant. Like I, I thought I knew, but um, I love looking up the definitions of words. And a manger, the definition is a long open box or trough, 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 trough. Ah, <laughs> I've been saying every option I had was wrong. <laughs> For horses or cattle to eat from. You can't really get much more humble than that, right? Jesus did that and he came to earth to serve you and to serve me. We have received so much from him. How could we ever think that we deserve any of it? Feelings of entitlement cannot have a place in the heart of a servant. And I feel like humility, and you guys all know this, it's super hard in this generation because I think mostly because of social media. We're constantly comparing ourselves to others, judging others, um, finding our approval in how many followers, likes, shares on our stories that we have. We're finding our approval in that. And we're, so we're constantly looking to build ourselves up, to build our brand, and it consumes us. It can feel like, that, it can feel like when you have those things that that's when you matter. But we, but we have to find our approval in Jesus and in him only and also in serving others and giving of ourselves. Searching for status will never satisfy you. A disciple of Jesus has to rise above this desire to be praised. Let your approval come from God and not from the approval or praise of men because you will be left unfulfilled. It's also impossible, I think, to consider others when you're seeking praise for yourself. C.S. Lewis defined humility by stating, humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. So moving on to Philippians 2, 6 through 9. 
He existed in the form of God, yet he gave no thought to seizing equality with God as his supreme prize. Instead, he emptied himself of his outward glory by reducing himself to the form of a lowly servant. He became human. He humbled himself and became vulnerable, choosing to be revealed as a man and was obedient. He was a perfect example, even in his death, a criminal's death by crucifixion. Because of that obedience, God exalted him and multiplied his greatness. He has now been given the greatest of all names. Point number four, a servant finds greatness and fulfillment in serving. Charles Stanley says, true, true, true greatness is measured not on earth, but in eternity. When we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, he'll be looking for humility rather than impressive earthly accomplishments. This doesn't mean Christians should turn down positions of prominence. Rather, we should accept such roles as opportunities to be a steward for Christ and a servant of all. If you're serving others humbly without selfish ambition, God will exalt you at the right time. If you're spending your time trying to promote yourself rather than focusing on the mission of your life and the mission that God has for you, you will remain where you are, unsatisfied and stagnant. Um, one story I want to share about this, uh, before I was full-time at church, I, I was part-time and then I also had a job at a restaurant called Tommy's Malt Shop. And Al um, <laughs> <Owl> knows, <laughs> he worked there too. Um, yeah, so I remember at that time I was super insecure, um, doubting what I was supposed to be doing, finding my approval and um, my title and my status. And I was wanting so bad to have a full-time job at church. I thought that if I had a full-time job at church and had that approval from my leadership, then all of my issues would go away, all of my insecurities. I remember I would be mopping the floor at 11 p.m. by myself, blasting Bethel or Hillsong on the radio and just crying and saying, God, I wish I was full-time. Why don't I have this or that? Um, and I thought it would it would solve all of my problems, but it didn't um, because I, a little bit after that, I got a full-time job and I still struggled with those insecurities and those doubts about who I was and my identity because it wasn't rooted in Jesus and what he had called me to do in serving the mission of my life. It was, it was found in what my leadership was, was saying about me or by the position that I had instead of in Jesus. Um, and so until I really recognized that, I carried that with me. And then once I really let that stuff go, then I was able to um, fulfill the mission that God had for my life and to be free of all those things. And God will exalt you at the right time. You don't need to be striving um, for status or approval. Just strive for um, serving God. There is no striving for position in true service. If you find yourself serving others so that it makes you look better, then something has got to change. Those who are true disciples and who look to the needs of others before their own, they don't fear missed opportunities. It can be easy to think that if you're elevating someone else above you, that you're gonna miss your chance. That is not true. God sees your heart and he will elevate you and give you what you desire at just the right time because his timing is best. Matthew 23, 11 says, the greatest among you will be the one who always serves others from the heart. So this morning, what is the posture of your heart? 
in Matthew 6, 21, for your heart will always pursue what you value as your treasure. What do you value this morning? Do you value people? Do you value worshiping and serving the mission that God has on your life? Do you value reaching others for Jesus? Or do you value instead your position, title, how you look, how you're perceived? because your heart will naturally follow where you spend your time, your talent, and your treasures. Jesus set the example for us in this. He gave all of his life to us. He was the ultimate servant leader. So how can you give more of yourself to others this morning? What are you gonna choose to pursue this morning? So let's pray together. Can you close your eyes and bow your heads with me? God, I just thank you for what you're speaking. I thank you that you came to us to represent what it looks like to be a true servant. We thank you that you gave your all for us. God, and I pray that we would just give more of who we are to serve our family, our friends, our church, our communities, Lord. I pray that you would guide us, give us wisdom, show us the ways that we need to serve you better and serve the mission that you have for our lives, Jesus. And I thank you for what you're doing here. I thank you for each person here that you have a call and a purpose for their life. No matter what they're facing or the doubts that they have, God, you have called them and you have anointed them for a purpose. And I pray that they would know that this morning beyond a shadow of a doubt. Fill them with your confidence, Lord. Amen. Keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed at this time. Every week we give everyone an opportunity to make the best decision the decision of their life, and that's the decision to make Jesus the Lord and Savior of their life. So in just a minute, I'm going to count to three. And if that's you, I want you to lift your hand boldly, confidently, knowing that you belong to Jesus. So if you've never accepted him, and that's you, raise your hand. And maybe you have before, but you need to rededicate your life to Jesus this morning. Let's do that right now. One, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Two, when you make this decision, you're a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Three, if that's you in this place, go ahead and raise your hand right now. Thank you. Yep. Just wait another second. Yep. If you raise your hand, we're going to pray this prayer all together, everyone in the room, no one left out. Repeat after me. Say, Jesus, I thank you that you are my Savior. I thank you that you are my Lord. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I ask you to forgive me. Make me whole this morning. I give you all that I am for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen.